Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we introduce Mark Deluxe and stealthily delist the original $20 mark. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including Pikmin 3 Deluxe and the An- and Animal Crossing New Horizons just crushing it. And then on Thursday, we're back for part two of the ABCs of Nintendo Sci-Fi. But Mark, in the meantime, how you doing? I'm doing great. Um, can I bring something to the attention of all of our listeners? You must now, yes. So... Uh, I feel a little bit like NPR, where like every six months or so, you know, we don't bug you for podcast reviews, and then every six months or so, I get a little bit antsy, and I That's noticed right. in Apple Podcasts, in the U.S. Apple Podcast Store, we haven't had a review since like April, and so I'm just bringing, I'm just putting it out there, bringing it to yeah. everybody's attention, that we love podcast reviews wherever you get podcasts. It helps us out the show out a bunch we'd love to read your feedback so mm-hmm. please if you haven't yet take a little bit of time leave us a review wherever you get your podcast it helps us out a ton yeah and we look we're not a new show right so we're never going to show up in the new and noteworthy right <laughs> uh so the only way to like move us up any sort of uh apple podcast charts is to rate and review. Also, I guess sharing the episodes also uh, w- would help too. All of that normal stuff. But in particular, if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts, uh, that's great. Reviews wherever they are um, help. Uh, but for whatever reason, that's the one metric we stick to. Where we're <laughs> like, that's where we want the reviews. That's Mark. That's where they count. Well, it's the place I check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. The, it counts in our hearts, I guess. <laughs> Um, speaking of things that count in our hearts, the Sonic Forces borrowing program is alive again. Would you like to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces? You can. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com gmail. and give us a mailing address where we can send you my copy of this game for the Switch. And then you send it back and it doesn't cost you anything. I pay for postage both way. We're supporting uh, the United States Postal Service. Um, and the after a long hiatus, we are back. If you are on this list, uh, uh, and uh, ch- check check your inbox. Maybe I've emailed you to make sure that you still live at that address slash are still interested in playing the game. Uh, we'll we'll find out. Um, and I will move on to the next person shortly. <laughs> um, all right, uh, Mark, are you ready to get into what we've been playing this week? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so I'm continuing to play uh, Paper Mario, the Origami King. I just knocked out the yellow ribbon. There's one that takes place in the desert. I'm blanking on what color it was right now. But um, I'm uh, still a lot of fun enjoying it. Don't have a ton more to say on it, except that I think it's taken me, like, a long time to play this game. And I don't know why. Like, uh, before I said, last time I talked about it, I was like, oh, I think I'm at, like, five hours long. No, I was at like 10 hours, and now I think I'm over Mm. 20 hours, and I am guessing on by the number of ribbons that I'm like halfway through the game, maybe a little over halfway through the game, so I think I'm really slow at it, and I don't know why compared to everybody else. Um, Maybe you're just taking it at a leisurely pace. Yeah, that could be. That could be. Um, or do you really feel like your nose in the grindstone? <laughs> like really? Well, no. That's the thing is that I don't feel like like I'm taking like an especially long time to like do the battles or anything. But I wonder if I am like I am trying to get all of like the collectibles and everything, and I'm trying to not look at a guide. So I guess like uh, I'm not very good at that part. So maybe <laughs> like having to like do all the discovery and like trudging through it and everything like. That, I, for sure, now that I'm saying it out loud, is 100% adding a ton of time um, to the game. 
Um, this isn't a, uh, a a Nintendo game, but it is most of what I've been playing this last week. Is I I, I finished uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order on the uh, PlayStation Four. Um, that I still love that game. It is uh, really buggy. I think it hard crashed on me four or five times. Like kicked me all the way out to um, the the main menu uh, and textures load in real late. Um, we talked about it last week. Uh, basically, just in the framing of like it's so nice that Nintendo games don't really do that. Um, but uh, I liked this game uh, well enough that I this is it was my very first PlayStation Platinum trophy. I got everything. Wow, I that's played that awesome. game until it's done and gone. Did you have to play it on like a certain difficulty level in order to get like the completion trophies? No, thankfully. Um, yeah, that's the, nice. Yeah, all, all of the trophies uh, are like uh, you know either like specific combat scenario oriented or story oriented or like collect all the this things, collect all the this things. Uh, you know, level up all your Jedi powers. Um, yeah, but I I, I really like the game. I felt like the ending uh, did not did not play the same theme as the rest of the game which was odd but uh other than that it was a, a super satisfying experience um i won't talk more about it because you can't play it on a on a switch <laughs> well i want to hear more about it um we should talk about it not on yeah, this we podcast will. We will. um i've also been playing just dance 2020 um i picked it up a few weeks ago maybe even a couple months ago when it was on sale on the eShop. I have a lot of fond memories of this series, but I haven't played it since the Wii days. Um, so it's been many years since I played one. But one you could thing still be playing this game on the Wii. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great point. One thing that was, uh, my husband and I were playing this, and one thing that was really fun for me is that it has like a bunch of new songs, and it has like Just Dance is very different now than it was. I mean, the basics are the same, but like it, it has like online components and it has like a whole like subscription service to get a ton more songs. Oh. Yeah, so you can like subscribe. I think it's like six, seven, something like that bucks a month. And then it had like the library of songs is enormous. But one thing it had that I uh, that I appreciated was it has like a classic mode where it has select songs from previous Just Dance games. And it had a lot of the ones that like I remember having a lot of fun with and like it's fun to have like the choreography and all that stuff exactly the same. So we had a really yeah. good time playing it. Um, it's just a I I I really like the series. Like I get why it sale sells. Like it's fun. I I I've been enjoying Just Dance 2020. Uh, and d they continue to put those out on like all platforms, right? It's not just a uh, Switch and Wii uh, series at this point. So it's all I'm, motion control, right? Right. It is all. So it is motion control. But one thing that's interesting with this version, and I assume, I actually do not know for sure what platforms Just Dance 2020 is on, but I think it could be on PlayStation 4 and Xbox because even if it doesn't have motion controls, because one of the things that is new to me in this version is you don't have to have a Joy-Con. People can join using their phones. And so it uses like the oh. uh, accelerometer in your like phone to tell if you're playing along. Which I think is like really cool because we only have a couple of Joy-Con, but uh, eventually in the future, if I was able to play this with like a larger group, it would be great to not have to worry about that. Like everybody could join in as long as you have a phone. That stuff's so smart. Um, you know, uh, to bring up PlayStation again, they used to have that series of like PlayLink games that was all like people use their phones and you know kind of really took advantage of the fact that like everyone had their own little personal screen and could select things secretly. Um, and I, I think that that's always just so smart when uh, console gaming uh, like links right up with the phone and like makes that an integral part. Like it's it's the kind of stuff that you know would take a special dedicated like the Wii U, right? Yeah. Like, it's it's and then just like no everyone in the world has their own personal wii u gamepad in their pocket yeah and it's also one of those things where like it uh makes so much sense so like when um i saw that i was like what like it feels like magic a little bit you're like wow that's so cool mm -hmm. like it's one of those things where you'd be like they should do this and then they did yeah <laughs> uh one one like mode that's uh new to me in this version of the game is as part of online they have like um just dance world or something where you can see how many people are online playing at the same time and you're all playing, you're all dancing to like the same song. And so you're kind of like competing against each other and you see the leaderboards, like where your position, like moving up and down, depending on how good you're doing the moves. And the, the people who were like winning 
were, you know, doing like five stars, like perfect all the way. And I would love to see video of these people doing it. Like, are they actually like up and dancing or are they like sitting on their couch and just like, you know, they're just like, they just know how to like move their yeah. phone or like their Joy-Con in just the right way for the accelerometer to trigger. Like, I'd love to see a speed run of Just Dance. <laughs> see the glitch community get a hold of it. <laughs> yeah. Really? Um, so I have been uh, playing a lot of Game Boy Advance games on my Wii U. Mark, you and I were talking about this off mic last week um but uh in lieu of picking up super mar or uh, paper mario the origami king um the other week i was just like you know what i have so many game boy advance games that i didn't play that i know are like legendary and that deserve my attention um that i've never played that i would like to buy on on the wii u i'm just going to put 50 bucks on my wii u eShop, which is not a sentence anyone has said in 2020 <laughs> except for me um, and then I just started picking up, I just started picking up Game Boy Advance games at eight bucks a pop, um, or seven bucks a pop for something like, uh, uh, Mario Pinball Land or, uh, Donkey Kong King of Swing. Um, but one of the games that I picked up is F-Zero GP Legend. Mark, are you familiar with F-Zero GP Legend? Only in name. So it is uh one of the last uh F0 games that was uh that featured the like mode 7 style graphics. Um you know everything that came after that was um you know like fully 3D and you know polygons and stuff. Um and uh GP Legend is also based on the anime of the same name. So um in addition to having all of the normal sort of F0 racing that is exciting and fun and you know has cool tracks and great music and stuff. Um it also has a story mode which tracks these characters convoluted relationships and like all of these <laughs> it's 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 nuts it is a, a an absolutely wild story mode uh, and has given me a new appreciation for uh, a number of different um f-zero characters and locations and stuff um but one of the things that i really really like about the story mode is that each chapter uh contains like a little challenge and so rarely is the challenge win a race right it's like one in in like each character you know each separate character has their own separate story and i think each one of them has one of those where it's just like win a race um but it's usually like um you know catch up to this specific racer in this weird little um like sampling of track um or like finish a, a lap of this in under 30 seconds or something like very specific uh and we you know with like uh, not just specific win conditions but also just like separate uh unique things happening on the track um so it's really i don't think i've ever had an experience with f0 before where i've understood uh, how to get better or when I'm getting better or when I'm doing something right. Um, like for whatever reason, the sort of, uh, you know, sonic and, uh, you know, visual feedback loop um, doesn't work for me. Um, I just can't tell when I'm like doing better or when I'm doing worse. Obviously when I'm like running into stuff, I know I'm doing bad. Um, but like, you know, the, the cues for when you've taken a corner exceptionally well aren't the same as in like Mario Kart for example. Um, but in this, when it is a tiny bite-sized challenge and you just got to like do this thing in 30 seconds, and when you don't do it uh, in those 30 seconds, you hit retry and you're trying it again in three or four seconds, um, means that you can like see the incremental gains um, and you can see like the progress you're making. And it feels really good. I'm really enjoying F-Zero GP Legend. That's awesome. I've, you know, outside of the uh, Super Nintendo game, I haven't really played very many of them. Um, we have been talking about F-Zero a little bit in our ABCs of Nintendo Sci-Fi, and uh, last night I was And we'll reading... continue to do so. <laughs> That's right, on Thursday. And uh, last night I was reading, it's gotten me in the mood to like look more um, into this stuff, especially like F-Zero, a series who like the characters I don't really know that much about. And so I've talked about before that all the manuals for uh, the games that are on the SNES Classic Edition are online and so I was reading through like the user manual for F0 and like the backstory for like F0 racing is really like is really funny it's basically like ever like billionaires were really rich they were bored they were like how about we do this thing in the beginning like they had there were all these hazards on the track and people were like wow this is like uh the 
public was like, wow, this is way too dangerous. But then after time, everybody just got used to it, and now they're, like, super into it for the thrill. Uh, Captain Falcon is a bounty. Like, everybody in this universe is a bounty hunter. You're either Everyone super rich bounty, yep. or you're a bounty hunter. I didn't realize this. Last week, I did B for bounty hunter, thinking, like, Samus. And it's like, no. Everybody in F-Zero is, like, a bounty hunter. <laughs> I should have known it, but I didn't know that Captain Falcon was a bounty hunter. Uh, that's great. I look forward to talking more about F-Zero with you on Thursday um, because I am I think I've got like two or three more things on, on my list um, from F-Zero. Um, the, the rest of the games that I picked up almost exclusively. So like, you know, I've already got the, the Metroid games. Um, I, I picked up one of the three Castlevanias. I'm going to pick up the other two at some point. Um, and then almost everything else is tactical RPGs, right? Uh, there's two Advance Wars, two Fire Emblems, and Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Um, it's just a lot. And I know I'm <laughs> never going to get to it all. But I feel so comforted having all of them on my Wii U, which is never going to die or go out of style. <laughs> I know. I, I am um, like hearing you talk about it makes me wish so much that I had a Wii U just for this experience because there are a lot of GBA games that I would love to revisit, but there's, I don't really have a good way to do it. Like they're not on switch. I'm not going to buy a GBA. God, I don't want to buy carts. Like, you it's know, like criminal that it's not on switch, that there isn't a, a GBA switch online. Like I know everyone's pulling for the, uh, um, for the Nintendo 64, but like the uh, GBA, like just uh, cut, cut right to that. Um, there's so many hidden gems there and like none of them need to be remade or anything. Like if, if rumors are that, the, you know, we're going to get like a uh, Mario 64 remaster and like, great, good. We need that remaster. We need to clean up some textures. We need to clean up that camera. We need to widescreen, like all that stuff you don't need to do for a Game Boy Advance game. Just put it up there. It'll look great. Yeah, yeah, I would love that. Um, okay, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. So it's another light week for new releases. I mean, that's not true. There's a lot of new releases. A light week for games that I have anything to say anything about. Yeah, it's real tough. Do you want to go back and forth reading um, funny game titles? Yeah, sure. Um, so this one, I love this title because it poses such like, I feel like they pose this question in my like college ethics class. Um, but also it's an anime that I'm like, I've never seen, but I remember when it started airing. Uh, so today, August 11th, uh, everybody's favorite uh, brain teaser, Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon? Infinite Combat is uh, released on Switch. Uh, and then on Thursday, August 13th, um, Boomerang Foo is coming to the Switch. Also, uh, Pool Pro Gold. Also, Darkestville Castle. <laughs> and then on, uh, isn't that where Count Chocula lives? And then on August 14th... It's like a uh, dark chocolate joke. Is that what <laughs> <yeah>. it is? <laughs> uh, on August 14th, Friday, um, Shaolin versus Wu-Tang is released on the eShop. Um, I, I saw a, uh, a thumbnail for Shaolin versus Wu-Tang. Um, and I will confess, I think that's funny. <laughs> and I would like to see the game in action. Uh, and then, of course, also on the 14th, Ramageddon comes out. Um, okay, those are all games we're not going to play uh, next week, but instead, let's close this out. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, uh, why don't you introduce the subject today? Yeah, I would love to bring your attention to this list from eatthis.com of the most popular sodas by state. Now, before we dive into this list, I think yes. an interesting thing to note is that this is not a list of popularity by consumption. This mm. is a list of what they did is they looked at the topic soft drinks in each state through Google Trends. And we're able to see what the most popular search drinks are 
in each state. So do you think, Patrick, my first question, is that this is, uh, like, what is this telling us? Is this a, is search, are searches a fair representation of people's, like, tastes? Mm, yeah, because searches could just represent uh, things that people are curious about or that they don't already know about. There's no reason for you to do a search for 7-Up because you've had 7-Up. <laughs> Right. right, but but like, but then you look at this list. Like, we'll just start at the very beginning. Alabama's list was Dr Pepper. So in so I feel like people in Alabama are familiar with Dr Pepper, mm-hmm. and it is not necessarily like um, breaking new ground where they're everybody's like, I'm not going to drink it. But what's this Dr Pepper I've been hearing about? Well, maybe in Alabama they just keep having that conversation where someone's like, you know, there are 23 flavors in Dr. Pepper. And someone's like, 23 <laughs> flavors? I can't even name 23 flavors. And the other person's like, sure. Uh, g- grape. Um, uh, cherry. And then like they get down to like the seventh or eighth. And then they're like, I don't know, look it up. And then they have to Google Dr. Pepper. <laughs> One thing I'd be interested to see is compare this list to a list of consumption. Because like Arkansas... Yes. Their, like, most searched, according to eatthis.com, was ginger ale. But it's, like, where does ginger ale fall, fall in consumption for Arkansas? Um, okay, so I would assume that people Googling ginger ale want to know if ginger ale actually does settle your stomach. I have an answer for every single one of these. <laughs> That's great. California cream soda. Uh, I don't think I can answer that question <laughs> on, on this show. Uh, Delaware is like Alabama. I can see the two of them shaking hands because they also are interested in Dr. Pepper. Lots of pe- places want to know about Squirt. Georgia wants to know about this thing called again. Mihai. Again, I don't think I can answer the the question about Squirt. But um, I, is there a like surgeon somewhere named Dr. Pepper who's being like sued for malpractice or something? Like what <laughs> in <laughs> Alabama? And in, yeah, no, it's totally <laughs> possible. One thing that I think is disappointing and. Uh, I feel like for whatever reason that this reflects poorly on the people of Hawaii. Theirs is Diet Coke. Hmm. Well, so they share that with Idaho, by the way. Hmm. Uh, I would guess for Hawaii that it is not Hawaiians searching for Diet Coke, but it is, uh, you know, the army people who have just been uh, assigned there Mm -hmm. and tourists who are just looking for a place where they can get a nice Diet Coke. (laughs) They've had, you know, a few too many, uh, like, you know, fancy Mai Tais or like, uh, you know, some kind of like tiki drinks. And they're like, look, I just want to have a Diet Coke tonight. Uh, Maryland's is Jones Soda. Are you familiar with Jones Soda? I am familiar with Jones Soda. Um, in the early days of my courting, Sarah, I hate the way that sounds, but, it, <laughs> but, but before we uh, started dating, I bought her a like sampler of um, fancy uh, Thanksgiving-themed Jones sodas, and Jones will do those like kind of bizarre flavors. And you know, like what there was like mashed potatoes, mm-hmm. there was Brussels sprouts, there was like turkey and gravy, um, and they're all sugar-free. Is that right? <laughs> And they I, were I don't, bad sodas. <laughs> yeah, really, with flavors like mashed potatoes. Um, I uh, Jones soda reminds me so much of high school that it's like, mm. wow, like it's great to know that the residents of Maryland and like fourteen-year-old Mark would get along so well. Yeah. Same wavelength. Same with me in Indiana, um, or 12-year-old me in Indiana. Uh, there's a Sierra Mist. Um, uh, here's another quick Sarah story. One time we were at a restaurant, and I ordered a Sierra Mist in college, and she would not stop laughing at me because she was like, who orders a Sierra Mist? You order 7-Up, and when they say Sierra Mist, okay, you say yes. Or a Sprite, I guess. I was, yeah, I was, I, I was about, well, I guess we'll never know. Michigan's is Slurpees, which I don't think should count. That's a food. It's certainly not a soda. Uh, We were accompanied today by Wall of Sound. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. So probably the biggest news of the week, uh, Pikmin 3 Deluxe was revealed for Switch in like a weird early morning tweet from uh, Nintendo. So it's a kind of like, as we've seen with the other deluxe versions of Wii U games, it's a port that includes like all of the um, DLC and all that kind of stuff, but also has, I think, a new story mode that you can play in, or sorry, the story mode is not new. The fact that you can play in local co-op is new. Um, So it's going to be coming to the Switch on October 30th for 60 bucks. And... 
Patrick, I want to get your read on how you're feeling that they're really uh, Nintendo is announcing it for October. Yeah, so that is the biggest red flag for me. Um, that uh, the, this announcement that we're we're getting a port of a well loved but not widely loved um, uh, Nintendo franchise uh, for the end of October kind of is a little like uh, the doom and gloom is the forecast that I see here um, that like that's so far away if it was if it was any sooner and left like any more room for there to be like the you know Mario reissues that uh, are rumored and that we were talking about earlier um, like man I, I don't know this 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 feels like a bad omen to me um, I don't know what, what what are your what are your thoughts on that mark yeah, I um well, so Pikmin is a series that I like feel nothing about. So, I I really haven't played the other two. I'm not like excited for this. Uh I might end up picking it up. I guess we'll see. Um but I, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's uh I don't know. I'm of two minds. I think that by putting it out there in October, they're kind of like telling us that, you know, they probably have like a holiday title that maybe it's those Mario remasters that are or whatever it is going to be that's yeah. going to come in like the November, like Black Friday time frame. But and, it sure but, seems like that that's going to be it, though, right? It like does feel <sighs> that way. The one thing I will say is that Nintendo is unpredictable, so it is possible that they're putting this out here for October, but that they still have something coming in September. My like first like instinct was like, okay, they're putting this out in October. Uh, maybe we're getting Bravely Default 2 in September, but they're not like announcing it because they're just publishing it in the US and they're not like actually developing it. Like I I I don't know. It it doesn't <sighs> I mean, feel they're... great. It doesn't feel great, and they're both like hyper niche games, right? Like the people who are gonna put, play Bravely Default Two are, are are gonna really like it, and there's gonna be an audience for it. Um, and Ditto Pikmin Three, but like those aren't the Animal Crossing audience, those aren't the Smash audience, those aren't the Mario, the Zelda, the Mario Kart. Like it's just, uh, it's just not a megaton announcement. It is, it is something that like appears on a direct with a megaton announcement and then like at the end of your conversation about the megaton announcement you say and pikmin 3 is coming out too <laughs> i mean they're definitely not treating it like a megaton announcement right no, and so totally. i think that's notable that um it, it they're just like kind of putting it out there uh it's a nice package 60 bucks is you know a lot i would say but i've also paid for the remaster of super mario a uh, new super mario brothers u deluxe and i paid for tropical freeze uh deluxe but I guess that I guess like I am ca cautiously optimistic and remain to hold out hope because we like in August there have always even when we were in August we never really had a full picture yeah. of everything that Nintendo had planned in the past like um uh Ring Fit Adventure like that was like a total left field weird surprise that ended up launching in October last year I think. And so I, I don't think that, like, the book has been written on Nintendo's 2020, but it is definitely not making me feel, um, like, super awesome about what the rest of the year holds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, I mean, like, I, I don't want to be too down on this uh, development because, like, Pikmin 3 is a good game. I did play it, uh, or I played a, a good amount of it on um, Wii U when it originally came out. Um, and so, like, I like the game. It is a good game and a good Pikmin game. Uh, and we'll, you know, f have a chance at, like, a real audience um, on Switch. I don't know if um, the people who pick it up that, you know, had been playing Animal Crossing, for example, um, are going to feel the same sort of, uh, like, attachment to it that they did to um, that game. Um, you know, it Pikmin is a much more, like, punishing... Uh, not that it's like super hard, but that like it is a resource intensive kind of game. And like when you don't manage your resources right, you can back yourself into a corner where it's just sort of like game over, where you just run out of time and you run out of juice and you're just like, that's it. I'm, I'm done. I have to stop. Um, and, you know, that's sort of the antithesis of um, Animal Crossing, which is you 
just hang out for a little bit more and you'll get more resources. You'll be able to keep going. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't, uh, I, 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 I don't I want to be too down on it, but to, uh, yeah, to that I, point, I think it's I, important. I, I think I read somewhere that um, they're adding new difficulty modes to it. And so okay. it's possible that like some of the resource issues, if you choose like one of the um, easier, like more novice ones that like may not be that big of a problem, but I can't like, I can't, pinpoint where i read that so that may not actually be true um yeah i think the the only things that we know for sure that are, are new in this um that and this is right from um nintendo's description of of the game on their website um is there are new side story missions featuring uh olimar and louis uh you can play the the whole story mode in local co-op um all the dlc stages from the original release and there are competitive modes including uh head-to-head bingo battles and online leaderboards for mission mode so uh that, that's what we know for sure i i'm I'm guessing there will be other things here and there that, um, you know, uh, come to the surface as, as it's released. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll be interested to see, uh, how they adapt the like control scheme. Cause one of the things that they patched in later in Pikmin, uh, three was the touchscreen controls on the Wii U gamepad. I wonder if that'll still be uh, available here or if maybe they are patching in like pointer controls, um, with the, uh, with the joy cons or, or, or what, you know, kind of, the sky is sort of the limit here for, um, you know, what the control options could could be. Yeah, and, you know, we're, we're going to go into more specifics about, like, Nintendo's financial report and, like, its sales numbers in a little bit. But I, I guess, like, it is a valid question. Um, I'm sure they would like to have, knowing what we know right at this moment, right, like, to by the time this is posted, Nintendo could announce another direct or whatever. You know, like, yeah, anything totally. could change. But um, knowing what we know right now, I guess, like, I'm assuming that Nintendo uh, had more in the works for this year before COVID-19 messed everything up. But I also wonder if, given, like, the success of Animal Crossing New Horizons and the Switch in general, at least this last quarter that ended June 2020, like, maybe they don't really need it. Like, maybe they don't need, like, Mm -hmm. a gangbuster holiday and they can... um, I guess kind of just like get by with doing like these sort of like Pikmin three deluxe releases, which, you know, like can feel like a bummer, but if it means that they are, you know, devoting their resources and their time to really making sure, you know, Metroid prime four, uh, um, Zelda breath of the wild two are like, you know, really great polished, rich, full experiences, then like maybe that's the, maybe that's an okay trade-off. Uh, before we move on, one last thing with Pikmin 3 that's kind of like gross a little bit. Um, so previously, Pikmin 3 was available on the Wii U eShop for 20 bucks, And Nintendo like quietly delisted that after they announced um, Pikmin 3 Deluxe for Switch. Which, um, like, look, yeah, it was 20 bucks for the base game. It didn't include like the DLC. But still, it's a little gross. As, yeah, I mean, especially considering like the people who had the Wii U in the first place and who still have the Wii U, like I, I think that's going to be a lot harder sell um, for people to like buy it a second time. You know what I mean? Than like um, Mario Kart. I bought Mario Kart twice. Um, uh, or um, new, although I guess I didn't buy uh, Tropical Freeze or New Super Mario Brothers uh, U Deluxe uh, twice. But um, like, I probably wasn't going to do this one either. Um, but like, if the the number of people that already or that own a Wii U now is so low compared to the number of people who are just going to buy it on Switch anyway, exactly. Like, why take away? Like, I get it. I I get where people where it feels bad to have one product for $20 and another product for $60 and they both say Pikmin three on them. But like, that's the world you're in. And also uh, taking it off the eShop does not take it out of the world. Pikmin three is readily available in physical copies, both new in box and used for $20 or less. Um, So it's, it's not, it's not hard to find the game for Wii U. Uh, and I don't know why they would be taking it off their eShop. It just seems weird and petty. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Um, so diving a little bit more into uh, Nintendo's, uh, I think it was their first quarter results. Um, but it was the quarter that ended yes. 
uh, in at the end of June 2020. So... It, that quarter was the best uh, first quarter that Nintendo has ever had. Um, Nintendo's total Switch sales are up to 61.44 million as of June 30th, 2020. Uh, so it's a little over three years since it was released. For reference, the, the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System, sold 61.91 million units. And former Nintendo of America president Reggie fils pointed out on Twitter that probably by this time, Switch has like outsold the nes um yeah because it, it was uh less than half a million behind and it's been you know a couple weeks since then and just at the rate the thing has been selling uh it almost certainly has outsold the nes by this point which is crazy so as far as nintendo home consoles go uh that leaves just the wii at uh 101.63 million um so the gap is still pretty large but really impressive performance for the switch so far um, do look. This is a, a, a pointless prognosticating, but do you think there is a chance that the uh, Switch could sell more than the Wii? Uh, yeah. Never say never. Sure, I think there's yeah. a chance. Um, uh, for the quarter ending June 30th, 2020, Nintendo's operating profits are up 428 percent from the same period in 2019, which is an alarming percentage. 428 percent up. Um, yeah, it means that they're making a lot more money. Though, I did want to point this out. Uh, I've not seen anyone uh, else raise this, that uh, from April to June 2019, so the same period that we're uh, comparing it to, um, the big releases were Yoshi's Crafted World, Labo VR, and then at the very, very end of the quarter, um, Super Mario Maker 2. So it's not like uh, they had a bunch of, like, really gangbuster software out, out there to drive more units. Um, it was also before the release of the Switch Lite. So, you know, I think uh, the new hardware skew plus Animal Crossing uh, plus Pandemic has really juiced the numbers from this year. Uh, and, you know, for last year was just sort of uh, in the a, a little bit the doldrums. Yeah. And I mean, Animal Crossing continues to be an out and out phenomenon. Like there's no real yeah. other way to put it. It sold 10.63 million copies last quarter for a total sales of 22.4 million. And this is just since the game launched in March, at the end of March, on a single platform. March 20th, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, just on Switch. Uh, It's already the second best-selling title of the year so far behind Call of Duty Modern Warfare. And also the second best-selling game on Switch behind Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, 26.74 million. Reminder, that game came out... uh, in like april or may 2017 just like shortly after the switch was released and think about it like um they're saying that the switch has sold almost 62 million units and 20 like 2.5 million people have already picked up animal crossing i mean it's just bonkers yeah yeah and no it's it's like uh it's like a third of uh switch users have it actually yeah yes it's so many it's it's almost half um of switch users have um uh mario kart 8 deluxe uh, per, <laughs> it's so much per end gadget uh animal crossing new horizons helped nintendo reach software sales of 50.43 million for the quarter which is more than double what the president what the company recorded for the same period last year which again just goes to show you that no one was buying yoshi's crafted world <laughs> and just then me uh, and taylor <laughs> <laughs> then the rest of nintendo's exclusive library like uh is like the legs on it have been really incredible so the rest of nintendo's top 10 um we already know mario kart is number one animal crossing new horizons is number two number three is super smash brothers ultimate at almost 20 million uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild at 18.6 million. Uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield at number five at 18.22 million. Um, Super, Super Mario Odyssey at eight, a little over 18 million. Uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee at 12.2 million. Uh, Super Mario Party at 10.94 million. Splatoon 2 at 10.71. Uh, new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe at 7.44. Yeah, it's just, I mean, look at Sword and Shield up there, 18.22 million. I think it's like the third best-selling Pokemon game um, of all like of all time at this point. I mean, it is absolutely wild that Nintendo has three 20-ish million uh, sellers, Super Smash Brothers, Mario Kart, and uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons, that like 
that's that's a huge it, that's enormously successful uh for uh, all of these games also uh what why is it it's it should be an enormous story that both super mario party and splatoon 2 are both over 10 million sellers <laughs> yeah it will and um yeah like that's crazy it's crazy to me that super mario party is almost uh is has sold more more. (laughs) yeah has sold more than splatoon 2 also um not on this list but uh um uh ring fit adventure has sold like four million units yep it's just yeah yeah, it it's it's wild nuts Uh, and you know uh when when we're when we're talking about like those 20 million sellers like all of those that means that those games are bigger platforms than the wii u was Right, like those individual <laughs> right. games, um, and you know, even uh, even the Mario Super Mario Party thing at almost eleven million, uh, it it makes me uh, like I can't fathom why they haven't continued to support these games with like additional DLC, um, especially something like Mario Party, where like you just put another another couple boards in there and like people will eat it up um to say nothing of you know we've talked about it before but super mario or mario kart 8 deluxe should have dlc every six months put out one new cup and i'll pay whatever you want me to pay for it yeah um because i just want the most complete version of uh the best mario kart out there um just i did i just want it yeah. Oh man, that would be, that would be so much fun. I would love new cups for Super Mario Eight Deluxe. Ugh. Uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate got a eight point one point zero update last week. It they has... support that one. <laughs> it introduced a new stage, which uh is like a smaller version of Battlefield, which I thought was interesting. I f- I wonder if that's like a response to just like like player request or something. Um. Yeah, like, it's unclear. I, I I know that the uh, the um, platforms are a little bit lower, so they're more accessible without having to do like double jumps mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. a jump and then an up B or whatever. Um, so it just sort of makes for a more like tidy, um, like one on one sort of experience. Um, but yeah, it, 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 I don't. I'm not like super deep in the Smash community, so I don't really know if that is something that the players have been requesting. But it, that that is totally possible. Yeah, I just wonder what like the genesis for something like that is. And then also they have the improved online experience. Um, the pat- patch notes mention, quote, further investigations and adjustments to online mode are expected, which is kind of like the first time that they've really acknowledged that the online experience like um, needs those like tweaks in the first place. Yeah, and I've seen a couple different um, uh, like fighting game uh, message boards and sites uh, making a little bit of a meal about this um, because you know while I don't know if uh, a new stage is something that uh, Smash players were asking for, I do know that improved netcode is something that they have been asking for. Latency is a real issue in playing uh, Switch online, and especially now as you know all fighting game playing is going online um, and no one can play in person anymore, um, that it has really made the competitive scene for smash uh kind of drop off the map um so the sites that uh that i go to for this sort of thing have been seeing this as like an acknowledgement by nintendo that like this needs to change um and that they are like actively looking into how to do it um so you know uh even uh the the sites i was reading was saying that like probably won't be able to uh, a, a casual player probably won't notice um the difference but like the people who are counting frames right now know the difference um when they're playing smash online so both the in insane trilogy collection and the crash team racing nitro fueled games and came to switch uh their entries in the crash bandicoot series so i guess the question is is crash bandicoot 4 it's about time also going to come to Switch. Right now, the only officially announced platforms for the new game are PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, but the source code for the official website makes reference to a Switch version, so it makes a ton of sense that it would eventually. Yeah, uh, is is Crash Bandicoot a series that uh, tracks anything for, for you? Or no. I, 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 I put this news item on here as uh, just a little bit of a curiosity, because it does seem like... Um, uh, you know, that's a, it 
feel because it's like a mascot platformer. It feels like a Nintendo adjacent, like a uh, a Funhouse Mirror version of a Nintendo game. Um, and uh, you know, it's been interesting to see like the success of the revival of the series. Um, and sort of weird that uh, the fourth one wasn't uh, announced for Switch uh, from the get go. Um, but it's uh, I guess neat to know that it is buried in the <laughs> in the code for the website somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it like we also saw it with Spyro, right? Like not initially mm-hmm. announced and then eventually came. It would not shock me if uh, that ends up being the case for Crash Bandicoot 4 as well. Speaking of games coming to Switch, uh, Braid Anniversary Edition was revealed at the PlayStation State of Play last week. Um, this is a game that originally came out in 2007. It's a puzzle platformer. Probably like it it was by far not the first indie game but it was definitely the first into in to my memory the first indie game that garnered like a ton of press coverage not just about the game but about like the story and the meaning and all of that behind it um and especially for its creator Jonathan Blow uh so the, a remaster of the game is coming to every major platform including Switch at some point in early 2021 yeah and this was a a, a cool if sort of strange uh like uh, announcement trailer that started with some like really high definition render of like a hand opening a box and like uh puzzle pieces like making themselves and like ripped up pieces of paper like coming together to form a piece of paper in reverse um sort of like you know calling the the themes of braid mm-hmm. where the, the the principal mechanic of braid is that you are able to reverse time um and they get to like use that for for puzzle solving um and uh yeah it was just weird that uh, it, it, they showed all of that um all of those kind of gameplay ideas in a almost photorealistic like movie thing and then we're just like oh no it's just it's just braid <laughs> um and so like it's it's the same game but uh all of the visuals are getting touched up um evidently when they um were doing when Jonathan Blow was uh, making the game originally he teamed up with uh, an artist to do you know all of the um assets for the game and that was evidently like the big expense. It was like just him and this artist. Um, and uh, at, at the time when it came to uh, actually inputting all of these sprites into the game, they sort of created them all twice um, because the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360 uh, weren't capable of displaying as many pixels as, you know, uh, the artist's actual. And I keep saying the artist. I'm sorry. I don't know his name or her name, um, uh, the, the same like kind of fidelity. So they sort of had two versions of, of everything. Uh, and this version is restoring all of that, like high definition art. Um, and everything has a sort of like impressionistic painterly, um, like brush stroke, um, feel to it. Uh, it, the, everything, all, all of the new graphics that I saw for this look really great. Um, the music is supposed to be remastered. There are commentary tracks, um, throughout the game and you can like toggle on and off. Like I'm interested in puzzle design and art and, uh, programming, but I'm not interested in whatever, <laughs> whatever other, uh, topic I didn't already list there. Um, so it, I mean, it, it seems like a really robust version of this game. And this is a game that I loved. Um, I, I don't know if, if you played through Braid mark but um you know was uh, uh a game that i really really liked yeah i did play through blade or braid on the 360 um yeah i remember really liking it too i came to it late after it had already had like a ton of press and a lot of conversation around it um but i remember it being like especially it was one of the first like indie games that i played and this was back i think i bought it on yeah. like the xbox indie arcade or indiecade like it had its own separate section like it was uh Indie games felt very new to me, and so that I think added to the novelty of the whole experience. I so I, I played through Braid uh, like once shortly after it came out, and then uh, skip ahead to uh, when I first moved to Los Angeles. I drove out here with my brother. He was just kind enough to like come with, and then like you know fly back to Wisconsin. Um, but uh, Sarah was following me later, and we also had, like, pods with all of our furniture and stuff. So I had very few things in the car with me, right? I had, like, a suitcase. I had the TV. I had, like, a cooler <laughs> with, like, some snacks and water and stuff. And I had my PlayStation 3. 
Um, and so like when we end uh, like a sleeping bag, I think. So uh, Jack and I get to to L.A. We look at apartments for a while. We find an apartment. Um, we're staying with my cousin for a couple days. Um, then like the night before my brother flies out, we finally get like access to the apartment. So he and I are staying in this apartment with nothing in it. I'm sleeping on a jacket. He's sleeping. <laughs> he's sleeping <laughs> in a sleeping bag. Um, and you know, I I set up uh, the the TV and you know we watch them like dvds or something um and then that next morning i take jack to the airport and he flies and uh you know i don't see him for a while and it's not uh it's not till the next day that sarah arrives with our stuff so i have one day in los angeles where i have no furniture i know no one and i'm in a new apartment a new neighborhood like i had i had nothing i went for a walk uh, and I played through Braid from cover to cover um, on uh, on the TV that was sitting on top of a cooler in my empty apartment on Gramercy in Hollywood. <laughs> um, so that, the game's always going to have like a, a soft spot in my heart. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the rumor that WB Games, uh, including Rocksteady, uh, TT Games, and NetherRealm Studios could be sold off from Warner Brothers. But last week, Warner Media CEO uh, Jason Kalar released a general organizational statement which addressed a number of things. But some news outlets are grabbing onto the following statement as suggestive uh, of their intent not to sell WB Games. Uh, and it says, quote, Warner Brothers Interactive remains part of the studios and network group, end quote. Which uh, sounds at, at once definitive and uh, also not very uh, assertive, right? Like right. he's saying they remain part of our entertainment group, uh, as if to say we have not made this sale yet. Um, but uh, it, it that combined with um, some of his comments in a uh, a, a deadline interview um, make it sound like. Uh, WB Games is going to continue to be a part of Warner Media and you know AT and T in in general. Um, uh, in, in particular, um, the interview he keeps pointing back to the idea that the company is focusing on direct to consumer products rather than dire- uh, wholesale products, um, which. Uh, you know, if you think about them selling the Warner Brothers studios and then licensing the IP back to those studios so they can continue making the games that they're known for, that sounds like wholesale to me, right? Um, so if if they want to control like the whole pipeline there and uh, be getting those things directly to consumers, it sounds like what they want is to continue to own and operate the WB studios. And uh, speaking of Rocksteady, uh did you see the teaser the poster i guess is really all we've seen so far for their suicide squad game oh you bet i did um i look i really like the uh the batman arkham games um and i'm looking forward to whatever rocksteady does next uh you know uh suicide squad okay i mean i don't know i yeah. trust them so uh it, it'll be fine the yeah the, the the poster is and i say it'll be fine it'll probably be great um, <laughs> but you know r- right now i'm like okay all right show me show me when you got something to show me um, yeah the poster is uh like a target on superman's head and the sort of like x in the middle of the target uh is made up of the word suicide and squad um, sort of uh, connecting at the U slash the C, um, which is uh, an interesting uh, logo treatment that I don't think I've ever seen with Suicide Squad before um, and anyone using it uh, in that that way specifically. So as a fan of that specific element of graphic design, I'm all, I'm all about this. <laughs> yeah. Margaret, are, like, you, uh, <laughs> are you interested in the Suicide Squad? Um. I, I'm interested to see what they have. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I enjoyed the uh, the Batman games. Um, you know, some more than others. But uh, I'm I'm interested to see what this is. If it is, um, how how much it takes from like the Batman games, or how much it is them doing something different. And we probably we won't have to wait that long. Uh, DC Fandom is August twenty second, and it's expected that more will be revealed there. Yeah, and hopefully we also get the uh like next Batman game that the that WB Montreal, the studio that did Arkham Origins, uh that they're working on. Um yeah, I'm uh, I, yeah, I'm 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 very much interested in seeing what what's coming out of those studios uh next. 
So kind of big news in the fighting game world, especially for Street Fighter and Capcom, uh, Yoshinori Ono, who has been the face of Capcom's fighting games since Street Fighter 4 and has been with the series um, a long time, uh, announced his retirement last week. Uh, Ono had most recently been acting as brand manager for Street Fighter. And um, yeah, like it feels like a momentous thing to have him moving on from Capcom. Yeah, Ono-san is great. Um, anytime that there's any Street Fighter news uh, going over to his social media or like, you know, reading collections uh, of his social media posts on uh, other websites, it's always just a dang delight. Um, the the guy had, Blanca is his favorite character and he would always like have a little like toy Blanca that he would like hold up and like talk to while like giving <laughs> announcements for like new Street Fighter characters. Um, and, you know, he's, he worked on, uh, he was like one of the lead producers on Street Fighter 4. He worked on the Darkstalker series. He's been with Capcom for 27 years. Uh, the man is an institution and is generally uh, loved by everyone in the fighting game community. Um, it was nice to see like a little like outpouring of uh, other prominent members of the fighting game community, including people like Ed Boon at uh, NetherRealm Studios. Um, you know, really like paying their respects to the guy. Um, and it'll be uh, it's you know. Good on him for uh, you know going out on his own terms and all of that, but uh, it'll be it'll be sad to see him go. Yeah, it comes on the heels of um, rumors that uh, Street Fighter Six has had like some development problems. A, a game that he w- that Ono was supposed to have been directing, but that was according to the rumors recently rebooted under a new director. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it just it's. Man, working at like a single place for twenty five years, it that is so hard for me to fathom. Honestly, like I can't imagine how yeah. hard it must be. I mean, I guess actually, I don't know. Maybe after twenty five years, you're like, yeah, I maybe you don't care. ready to be doing something else. No, um, I hate this. It turns out, <laughs> but that's like a, that's a, like more like you know a more than a quarter of his life up to this point. That's that's yeah, a totally. long commitment to um a company. You must really enjoy it in order to put that much time yeah. into it. I mean, it's probably about half of his life. I don't know how old uh, Yoshinori Ono o- Ono is, but 27 years. If he's 54, that's half. That's half of his life. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's it's that's interesting. I hadn't read anything about Street Fighter Six. Um, Street Fighter Five. They're still doing a a fifth season of um, DLC characters. Well, that um, is the, that is part of the rumor. So the 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 uh, reports like the rumor is that Street Fighter 6 got delayed because it's getting rebooted under a new director and so they p- are doing a new season um in order to fill the new like the gap formed by it. And they recently announced four out of five of those characters and one of them is Akira from Rival Schools. So they're bringing in like weird guest characters and there's still one that still one one more Street Fighter Five character yet to be announced. Still one that hasn't been announced. Do you think it'll be Robocop or Terminator? No, I think that is strictly a Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> Uh, and finally, Tetris 99 is hosting a, a, a new Tetris Maximus Cup, but kind of an atypical one. Uh, starting this Friday, August 14th, and going all the way through next week, um, Saturday, August 22nd. They're holding Whoa. one called uh, the Second Chance Edition, and it'll allow players to pick up three of the recent themes. All you have to do is just play on the dames, days in question and score at least 50 points, so half the points you would normally need to score. Round one is Animal Crossing's New Horizon from uh, Friday, October, August 14th to Sunday, August 16th. Uh, round two is Luigi's Mansion 3 from Monday the 17th through Wednesday the 19th. And finally, round three is Ring Fit Adventure from the 20th to the 22nd. Uh, which is perfect if you missed any of these. Uh, it's a fun way to, you know, spice up your Tetris 99. Um, and look, I know there's no reason for me to go back in and participate in this Tetris Maximus, but I'm going to do it. I'm going <laughs> to go in. I'm going to get Animal Crossing again, Luigi's Mansion again, and Ring Fit Adventure again. Do I you have think, all of these, Mark? I think I have all of them. Um, I think the ones I'm missing, is, I think there's like a Kirby one that I didn't get. I need to go yeah. back and look. I think these three I have. Ring Fit Adventure, that one... When was that Wait, one? Was that on one that recent? One. I don't know. Yeah. No, it feels that like that I was a while remember. ago. Okay, so that one I may not have either. So yeah, I will probably, I potentially will be doing these for the first time. Uh, and uh, the, this this sort of announcement is something that I feel like should be in my 
uh, regular line of sight because I like Tetris 99 so much. Um, but it wasn't until like gathering the news for today that I uh, ran across this item. And I'm just like, where are they announcing this stuff? <laughs> Mind you, I'm not really on Twitter anymore. So maybe yeah. the, the answer is it's on Twitter, Patrick. And that's, you uh, don't see it because you're not there. <laughs> when did um, they... Do you know what? I totally forgot what I was going to announce. What I was going to say. <laughs> Something about Tetris Max. Oh, this is what I was going to ask you. Yes. What uh, theme is your default theme? Which one do you normally play on? Splatoon 2, baby. Me too. That's so funny. Like, I get all of these themes, but that I never, I, I like the Splatoon 2 <laughs> one is my favorite. And so I, uh, do, when I'm playing normally, I just leave it on that. The Splatoon 2 one is wonderful. The only thing that I, th- I think is a bummer about it is when you get into the top 10, it does the uh, music from the final 30 seconds of every Splatoon match. Uh, and that is perfectly timed to the last 30 seconds of a Splatoon match. But you can be in the top 10 of Tetris 99 for minutes, 10 whole minutes even. <laughs> and the music is so like... Patrick, too much. I've got to tell you, that's a problem I've maybe had once if I was lucky. So I can't really relate, but I take your word for it. All right, that's, <laughs> let's get out of the news. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Mark asked you nice at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> so we would really appreciate it. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter, wherever you share stuff. Uh, we appreciate it when you do that. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com. Or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening. Rachel, Oscar. Yeah, Claire? Claire? Do you love Disney movies? Uh Uh-huh. Have you seen them all? Not Not all of them. them. What do you guys think if we watch them all in chronological order and then talk about them? Ooh. Oh, and what if we could talk about it with some of our favorite friends? (gasps) I love that. Yeah, what if we do it inside the Disney Vault? You know, that's the name of our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault on Campfire Media. Yeah, check us out on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to yours. That's Inside the Disney Vault. Let's go. Campfire.